What's up, everybody? Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. And it is about 4.30 Pacific Standard Time. I am joined by the usual suspects, Grayson Wimbish in Los Angeles. I am joined by Pat Finn in North Carolina. And I am accompanying myself here in San Diego, which is extremely exciting. Uh, Grayson, welcome back to the West Coast. Uh, Thanks, buddy. Landed yesterday, Was am I right? Last night, 11 p.m. And no Last hiccups night. on the flight this time. So uh, straight shot. It was great. Love that. No hiccups, no diverted landings because people try to fight the, uh, the flight crew. That's always exciting. We got Pat Finn. Pat Finn, house coming together. We get the uh, wash machine set up and everything. Washer dryer in business, Ooh. AC, air conditioning, not in business. We got a, We got the AC guy coming tomorrow, taking a little look. Had the AC broken when I got back from Blacksburg. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a long week of pumping the fans. Not a hit. Not a hit. Not a hit. Not a hit. Well, we are back here with a Middle Tennessee State preview. Uh, for those of you not following along or completely out to lunch, we do play them uh, in a football game on Saturday. We are wearing white, so please show up and wear your hat. Um, even though it's after... Oh, wait! We're wearing white after Labor Day. Breaking some rules? Breaking some rules? Doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, th- this podcast is brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy is going to be, this is breaking news, your go-to place for Sons of Saturday pins. The Sons of Saturday pins were an absolute hit against North Carolina. So following the Richmond game, all games following that game will have pins for the game. Um, yes, we will be handing some out. Yes, you, if you run into us, we'll get you some. But the central hub for getting all of that will be at the Main Street Pharmacy. So check them out. Main Street Pharmacy, you are more than a number. You are a neighbor. And that transitions us into the Hokey Haiku, which has been on fire lately. Pat, kick us off with a haiku. Two Hokey Haikus this evening. One from Gobble Shots Tailgate. Thank you, Travis. Heel, blue, or raider. Shouldn't matter to Hokies. Just get second dub. That's that's a good haiku. Pretty solid. Then second submission comes from Patrick Lawrence. My voice is still gone. Chris Jenkins' jersey was fun. Lane Stadium roars. Excellent, Patrick. Thank you. I I love the double submissions. I love the excitement surrounding haikus. I have learned so much. Um, Just excited. Excited. Poetry in motion. You guys know the the Chris Jenkins reference, right? No. So Pat wore the – wore a Villanova Chris Jenkins jersey to the Carolina game last weekend. If you guys remember, Chris Jenkins was the one who hit the three at the buzzer in the final four. Villanova. Yes. For Villanova uh, against Carolina after Carolina had hit um, oh. hit a clutch shot to tie the game up. That's cold-blooded. So, That's great. hilarious. Great. Didn't, did, I believe North Carolina won the national championship the next year, though, if I'm not mistaken. Or who cares? The they didn't win that game. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Um, so on our last podcast, Pat Grayson and I, um, we had a dialogue, we had a dialogue. We noticed some things on game day. Um, we heard some rumors about game day. We got some feedback. Um, but since then the athletic department has come out and addressed some of these issues. Patrick, talk to us about the athletic department's reaction to Friday, September 3rd. Yeah. So we know that there's, I guess, a couple elephants in the room or elephants in the stadium. Uh, One of them being the student section, one of them being concessions, and one of them being uh, ticketing and the entry gates. Uh, The athletic department put out two notices this week, uh, kind of apologizing in the first notice. And then the second notice, uh, more so talking about what action items and measures uh, that are going to be put into play here as we host the Blue Raiders this weekend. So we're going to run through that. We're going to have a quick conversation about that before we get into the game preview. Um, but the overlying, the, uh, overlying message here is we appreciate our fans come to the game to impact the game. We want you to continue to play a role. We ask that fans keep it respectful. We want to create an amazing home field advantage, but not at the expense of any of our guests. And I think that's, I think that's a solid 
a solid uh, couple sentences there, just based on you know what we've seen, what we've heard. Obviously, an electric environment in some cases comes at the expense of some fans, um, and and things got a little rowdy, things got a little out of control. But um, you know, I, I think we can take some adequate measures to eradicate some of the issues that folks were having on Friday. Um, just a quick overview here for the student section. They are trying to allow the first 5,000 students to enter the north end zone stands and sit there, and then everyone else goes to east. So once north is closed, go to east stands. But the key, here's the kicker, is taking the ramp all the way to the top of section 21. So you look at the East stands of lane stadium, there's two portals. It's kind of like, you know, you got two rows of portals and you know, a dozen columns. You got to go to top of section 21, go up the ramp. And that's where you'll get to your assigned seating area. And they're also going to put. Wait, so Pat, is that why is that, that is the reason that we had these huge lines trying to get into the stadium. People are almost missed enter Sandman because everybody was taking those same ramps. Correct. I mean, you got, you know, 55 or 6,000 students per class and 12, you know, anywhere up to 12,000 of those students have never been to a game at Lane Stadium before because they're freshmen and sophomores and they haven't had a game because COVID. So, yes, um, you know, crowd control, guiding them towards their seats or guiding them towards their section uh, will be imperative these next few weeks before Notre Dame because I'm sure we'll see uh, or hopefully we will not see similar things for Notre Dame. So the new rules, they are installing seat tarps at the bottom of the student section below 25 and 27 that will clearly define where students can and cannot sit. Students, you can sit above the tarp that says, welcome to the Terror Dome. So these kids are they're coming into their first, second game, and they're getting that Terror Dome exposure. Wristbands will be utilized for the north end zone for the first 5,000 students. So that is good to hear. I just, I just want to weigh in real quick here. Uh, with the tarp in place, it was not obviously in place for Friday's game against UNC. I'll put it this way, uh, for anonymous purposes, somebody related to me or someone close to me, I guess you could say, uh, had an issue here. Uh, went to his or her seats, and when they got there, uh, some students were in his, in his or her seats, it was my brother. I don't care. Bro. Screw it. It, it, it. it was my. It was my brother. You know what? Shout out my Redacted. older brother. You should have just said redacted. Redacted. You know, redacted. My older brother Kerry got to his seats. Kerry had paid for these seats, y'all, and he met some students there who were like, "Nah, man, like this is the student section." And Kerry very politely and eloquently informed them that no, this is not the student section. I paid face value for these tickets. I'm asking you to leave. Things elevated and. The other other entities got involved. Bottom line is be respectful. If someone paid for their seats, don't feel entitled because you're a student. Uh, just follow the rules and regulations. Hokies respect, y'all. Hokies respect. It is important. Do the right thing. Concessions. Concessions. We will reduce concession menu options so we can focus on reducing wait times. So the focus will be shifted to Hot dogs, popcorn, nachos, pretzels to expedite those lines. Can um, we talk about the options real quick? Nachos are stupid. I knew, I knew you would have a comment. <laughs> <laughs> nachos are stupid. Hot dogs, yes. Popcorn, yes. Pretzels, yes. I, I don't know why people eat nachos. It's they take like, forever. The cheese whiz forever. takes forever. It takes forever. The cheese whiz is disgusting. Here's the deal. I was at a baseball game last night. You know what I did? I ate three hot dogs because that's what you do in America. You get three hot dogs. You put ketchup, you put mustard on it, and you put relish on it. And if they have sauerkraut, you put sauerkraut on it. Stop putting ketchup on your hot dogs. Sorry. The United States of Glizzies. Glizzy Nation. Shout out to the Duke's Mayo Bowl and Courtney Adams. Got a nice, uh, got a nice hot dog at the Duke's Mayo uh, Classic on Saturday and just put mustard on it because they were out of no, I'm sorry. Just put Duke's mayo on it. Yeah, I didn't want to put you on blast, but that was pretty gross. <laughs> mayo disgusting. on a hot dog. I mean, uh, what are we doing? There was nothing That's, else there. Oh my I would have ate it. I would have ate a plain old glizzy. Not as bad thing. as the guys eating the mayonnaise out of the jars. Oh, yeah. Not, not, not a hit. Not a hit. Uh, lastly, for concessions, 
We will add and adjust 15 total beverage only concession stands serving water, soda, and beer within the concourses. Guys, that's that good. Sounds because- pretty obvious that that would be a good decision. Okay. That's uh, yeah. It's because there's nothing worse than, you know, you're waiting behind uh, Jimmy, Jimmy guy and Jimmy's waiting in line for nachos and you're trying to get a beer and you're like, we should not be in the same line. No, we're not in the same league. We're, we're different people. Uh, and then entry gates and ticketing. Guys, the gates will open at noon. That is two hours before the game on Saturday. For Carolina, over 85% of fans actually downloaded their tickets before they got to campus, which is awesome. Great job. However, just because you have the, the ticket downloaded does not mean it's in your Apple wallet. So if you've ever, you know, went to the airport, went through TSA, and, uh, and scanned your boarding pass, from your mobile ticket, it's the same exact thing. Add it to your Apple Wallet, and uh, it will it will save a lot of time and save a lot of things. I don't I don't know about the whole phone dying thing. Buy a portable charger, or just charge your phone, or don't be on your phone all all tailgating. Airplane mode is a big thing. Can I suggest getting one of the? Uh, so I'm a big proprietor of the Mophie Brick charger. Um, you know, it, it gives you about ten charges. If you're a guy that likes to text or a gal who likes to text in their bed, you could bring it into bed, keep your phone charged. You don't have to worry about yanking the cord out of behind your bed. Um, so there are a lot of advantages to this product. I would check it out. We just also, did a free Mofi ad. Nice. It's really not hard. Like I like, I mean, granted, I screwed it up last weekend and Pat had to help me out. But if, if you go on your Hokie sports app thing now, you can just, you literally click tickets. I'm walking you through it right now. You click tickets. You press manage tickets and then in large letters, it says add to Apple wallet after you click on the game and then literally just do that. And then you're done. So if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have an iPhone or an Android. You can probably learn how to do this. Right. I don't know. I can't, I cannot speak for all the fans in Lane stadium. And if you have elderly, like grandparents who are looking them out, help them, help them out. Even if you're not related, if if there's like an old old man outside and he's like, well, I don't know what's going on, you know, go up and hey man, I got you. I know technology. Facts. Well, yeah. Um, internet around the stadium, obviously, still still an issue. I know that's that is a longer term project. It is extremely expensive. Hopefully, we can get that ASAP and uh join the Reach for Excellence and join the Hokie Club so we can get closer to having internet in Lane Stadium. Okay. Now that that's over with, excited to talk about the game. We are playing Middle Tennessee State this weekend. We kick off at 2 o'clock. It is the white effect game. We just started coming off our biggest win at home in over a decade. We're 1-0. We're in first place in the Coastal. We own the tiebreaker over UNC. You know, people are riding high. I'm feeling good. I'm sure you guys are feeling good. Uh, And I've never been more excited for a Middle Tennessee State game, you know? Well, Pat, don't get, don't get too excited because you need to be focused going into this football game. We need you focused so that we can, we can win this game. I'm excited for this game. Um, when we see Middle Tennessee State fans, there might be some fans that don't have a pleasant experience, like our friend Tar Heel Becky, I believe uh, that they're calling her right now. I don't know if you guys saw this. Tar Heel Becky was talking about the Lane Stadium experience I was at the VT Carolina game. It was horrid, sound deafening. I've been to many games at Tech, and I've never seen Lane Stadium that fired up. Sounds, sounds like a good review, right? And then it turned sour. There was no way the offensive line could hear Sam. I have truly never seen anything like it. It was beyond obnoxious. That's not football to me. This Tar Heel will not be returning. My Gentlemen, question, My question to Rebecca here very kindly then what is football to you is it crickets because i know that's how you do it down there in chapel hill you can hear a pin drop in that powder blue stadium but in lane stadium you know that's kind of the point we like to bring the crowd noise so your overhyped quarterback can't hear the offensive line and that's why we beat your ass uh with all due respect Couple notes, Grayson, and I'll pick it back off for a couple of things. I completely agree with you. That is what we do. We bring the noise. Sam Howell, not overrated. Definitely, probably one of the two best quarterbacks in college football, in my opinion. Uh, but we handled business. 
And this is so goofy. I almost think it's fake. I actually, I, I have a trouble. I have trouble believing that. I don't uh, know, dude. Tar Heel Becky is a real person. Um, but I'm sorry that it was too loud. Maybe bring headphones. Maybe watch from home next time. Um, yeah, man, I just. She must be great at parties. I don't know. I, okay. I don't understand. Before we put that to bed, we are going to put out some T-shirts that have to do with this statement. Um, it's not going to be word for word. It's going to be a little bit different. I don't know. It might be word for word. But check our website. Check social media uh, for for a pop-up T-shirt here. Um, the fan base? Billy, Billy was talking about this. Is this even worth talking about on the pod? Yes. Yes, it's worth talking about. We can talk about it right now. I'm so tired. So tired of being excited about a win. Here's the deal. Pat Grayson, you know, and myself, you know what we are? We are fans. We are fanatics. When you watch The Bachelor on Monday, you're not worrying about what Kimmy, Joey, and, you know, Tristan are going to do on the next episode of The Bachelor. Because guess what? You have no impact on it. Now, granted, it is pre-recorded, but this, like, notion of, like, being excited tweeting about the game that happened on Friday, talking about the game that happened on Friday, the people that are like, oh man, we got to stay focused. We, we got to stay locked in guys. We, we got middle Tennessee coming to town and we got to stay focused. I don't know about you. I don't know about me. I don't think Grayson is going to go outside and do duck walk on the boardwalk. I don't think Pat is going to go down to the outer banks and do breaststroke to work on his cardio. I sure as hell, I'm not going to go down to the beach and go run route trees to get ready for middle Tennessee to march into this football stadium. So you know what? Can we allow the fans to enjoy the moment themselves and then leave it to the football team to do what they need to do? It kind of goes hand in hand with this ridiculous notion of, Oh, I hope we're not ranked because I don't know if we'll, we'll be able to handle being ranked. Well, if our team can't handle being ranked, then clearly we shouldn't be ranked, but to think that we should sacrifice national attention because we're afraid that some players may not to be able to handle it. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty nuts. And all of it is pretty dumb. And I, I wish it would stop. While, so, yeah. I gr- while I agree with all of that, Billy Ray, and I do, I think the flip side of that coin is you have the people who have gotten really hyped up in the past. Like, I think immediately, Ohio State game 2014, Hokie Nation's on cloud nine, right? We are riding the high of that game so hard. And then you come out and the team, the team, like you just talked about, loses to ECU and the fan base is like head slap face palm. You've got to be kidding me. Can I, can I give you a, a, a real, a real world example of, of how to handle that? Please. Absolutely. When someone buys ice cream, someone goes to the ice cream shop and they buy ice cream, right? And they're yeah. eating the ice cream. All right. I'm not going to tell them after they have their first bite, Hey, don't eat it too fast, dude. You might get a brain freeze. No, absolutely not. But you might do that and you might say, I'm going to eat my ice cream a little slower because I don't want to get a brain freeze. But I'm not telling everybody that orders ice cream, yo, eat that slow because you're going to get a brain freeze. It's not up to me to control somebody else's emotions. Like this is this, you know, you don't need to hand out like warning pamphlets, like warning, warning, warning. The last 10 times this has happened. This is what's no, we're fans. Enjoy the football game. You have literally no impact. Stop giving yourself so much credit. You do not impact the football game. Stop policing. Fantastic people. analogy. Huge. Thank fan. you. I appreciate that. I, I really didn't great. know that was going to go. I impacted the football game and so did section five. Yes. Yes. On, on, on Saturday. On game day. Yes. On game days, we impact the game. What I'm saying is, <laughs> is our focus level. We're not to, to, to quote Don V here. We don't have to have quiet pregame meals and eat and eat Turkey bacon together for us to win the football game. We just need to show up and be loud. So please. Exactly right. I also want to say we've been burned too many times. There's a, there's too many old veterans on this team who've been burned too many times that aren't going to let. I don't think I have faith that they won't let that happen again. Uh, as I said on our review of the Carolina game, uh, we have you know what the bed too many times to not be due to not do it. No more do do. Okay, so. <laughs> Opponent optics, Grace, and I'm excited for this. So this is a new segment. Yes, we're going to talk about their football team, but first, 
We're going to talk about them. Now, look, Middle Tennessee is home to the uh, Blue Raiders. Well, the hub could be home to you right in Blacksburg, Virginia. The hub in Blacksburg creates a next level student living experience. It is worth you checking out, whether it's the study lounge, whether it's the, ne- the first time they've ever ran around. We got people living in these apartments first time, first time. They're cutting ribbons, they're, they're clean. It's brand spanking new. Well, they still have units available and they have units available next year. And we always talk about it. I mean, I'll say it till my, I turn blue in the face. Um, they have jacuzzis attached to every single apartment and that's pretty tight. So definitely worth you checking out, but this is opponent optics. Grayson, let's talk a little bit about the university of middle Tennessee state. Um, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, so let's get to know the middle Tennessee state university racers location. Murfreesboro, Tennessee, blue Raiders, blue Raiders, Raiders. pardon me. Racers is uh, Murray state. Copy another, that. Another Copy that. Another 10. Blue Raiders, pardon me. Middle Tennessee State University Blue Raiders. They are located Murfreesboro, Tennessee. That's a mouthful. The population of Murfreesboro is 136,366. It's a decent a lot. amount of people. It's a lot of people. A lot. Students currently enrolled as of 2018-2019 school year was roughly 18,000. Here's, here's an interesting statistic. And just to be clear, we are not – we're not chastising the university. We're not no. making fun of the university at all. But this is very interesting. The acceptance rate to Middle Tennessee State University is 94%, whereas the graduation rate is a, an astounding 42%. So not a lot of people either stay there or make it all the way through. So we, we found that a little interesting. Interesting. Now, Some of the other – Bill- Yes. No. So I looked up notable alumni um, – pretty impressed um chris young some of you may may listen to him country music tomorrow artist. tomorrow um uh, al <laughs> Gore, who i what is it uh who i am with you that one <laughs> all right we're gonna move i on. don't really listen to him uh al gore senior some of you may like him some of you may not uh and then james buchanan who at first i was like who's james buchanan and then pat was like he was literally the president of this country well, it's actually a different James Buchanan. This one was a scientist. Uh, and I mean, I don't know if you can call this a fun fact, but he actually deceased in Blacksburg, Virginia, but he did go to Middle Tennessee State. Um, so not a fun fact, just more so a fact. Um, so take that as you may. It was a James M. Buchanan yes. as opposed to James Buchanan, the president. I won a Nobel States. Peace Prize. Shout out. Pour one out. Taught um, at George Mason, Virginia Tech, and UVA. Yep. And now we're going to uh, talk about actual football. So uh, let's talk some Hokie history. Pat, take us away. Hokie history. This is the first ever matchup between Virginia Tech and the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. That is like 12 syllables. Uh, first of all, geography check. Is it in the middle of Tennessee? Let's pull up the old uh, Google Maps here. Looks like it is in the middle of Tennessee, just about, uh, you know, 45-minute drive south of Nashville. Fun fact, we, uh, we almost went to this game last year, and then, then a pandemic happened. But uh, we were supposed to play in Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro in 2020. Um, Gray, I know, what are your thoughts about this, uh, this whole away game in Murfreesboro that didn't happen, but... Yeah, this 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 is a minor gripe, but I, I just have a question. Why did we ever agree to travel there? I don't and and just out the fact that it's 45 minutes outside of Nashville aside, I just don't think that under any circumstance Virginia Tech should ever travel to Murfreesboro, Tennessee to play Middle Tennessee State University. Uh, I just I, I don't I think the optics of that don't really sit well with me. Uh, so in that regard, I'm kind of glad the game didn't happen. Um, that said, they're a one and no football team. They're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, and much to Billy Ray's dismay, I've seen what's happened in the past, enough for me to not chirp an FCS opponent. Um, but we paid $375,000 to play them, so I, I hope it's worth it. Another yep. fun fact, Sons of, uh, Sons of Travel. Uh, they're taking a bus to Blacksburg, Virginia, which is around an eight-hour bus ride. Um, 
not sure how that factors in, but that is what's happening. Um, so there's the scouting report on how they're getting to Blacksburg. Interesting. I'd, uh, also, I'd, also, I'd also like to add, upon their first visit to Blacksburg, uh, their head coach, Rick Stockstill, is in his 16th season. And he's the fifth longest tenured coach in America, but they uh, they wow. went four and eight in 2019, and they went three and six in 2020. So not not too hot for Coach Stock still. Last thing, uh, last thing about the uh, the Murfreesboro trip, and then we can talk about the game last week. Um, it's very similar feelings on trips to Old Dominion and trips to Liberty. I know we have some trips scheduled with both of those schools. I think we actually might play at Liberty and at Old Dominion next year. Might have to schedule check that. I understand brand awareness around the state of Virginia. Um, I mean, the real ticket to brand awareness around the state is winning football games like we just did against Carolina. You know, recruits, whether they're in, you know, the middle of the state like Lynchburg or out in the 757 ODU, they can get Virginia Tech exposure by turning on the TV um, and seeing us winning football. And I, I do see there's a lot of risk in going out to, those schools um, you can say it dude it's just dumb like i don't i i don't i don't see literally any way that you slice it that this is the right thing to do um i was listening to mac brown's press conference last uh this this week and he kind of chirped um kind of chirped Larry fedora uh because they're playing i think i think they're playing georgia southern and he said the previous uh the previous coaching staff here uh knew that atlanta was important uh so they scheduled a road game i just I don't see how that makes any difference in recruiting. I don't think if we go to ODU in 2018 and beat ODU by a hundred points in Norfolk, that anybody cares. No recruits saying, man, you remember when Blacksburg came to town? That was pretty cool. I don't think anybody's doing that. Um, also, just since that game last year was canceled against Middle Tennessee State, the Penn State series, why did we get to keep the Middle Tennessee State series going? But the Penn State series got canceled. I'm sure it was a money thing, but it's definitely um, more leverage. Uh, yeah, it's it's one thousand percent, a thousand percent a money thing. Penn State's probably not going to want to uh, make that a one way trip, and we're not going to want to make it a one way trip on the backside. But you're Pat, you're right. Uh, we do play. Why can't we, Why can't we just flip it? Why that, can't we just flip Penn State? You know, have them at home in 2026. We could schedule fast now. You know, we saw the 10 plus one last year, but that's true. We make too much sense. You were right, though, by the way. We do play at Liberty and at Old Dominion in 2022. So I love that. Um, Okay. Now, let's get into the game. So the Blue Raiders defeated Monmouth last week. Tough look for the Jersey boys out on the Jersey Shore. A little ocean Monmouth County action. Uh, 50 to 15. Monmouth turned it over four times. Middle Tennessee State had a pick six. They had a punt return for a touchdown. But um, they're led by Bailey Hockman. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because it is. We played Bailey Hockman last year in Lane Stadium. Uh, he came he came to uh, Lane as a different quarterback for a different team, uh, NC State, for the opening game. And we – Gave him a really hard time. He did not have any fun in Blackstreet. He went seven for 16, 82 yards, two interceptions. No bueno. Um, last week, he was 17 for 22, 215 yards, three touchdowns, was sacked one time. So clearly uh, an improvement over an inferior opponent in Monmouth. Um, his numbers from last year completed 63% of his passes for 2,000 yards, 13 touchdowns and 11 interceptions while at NC State, um, knowing that Devin Leary uh, was really the front man in the quarterback room for the Wolfpack. And another fun fact about their offense, their running back's name is Frank Peasant, um, which is kind of a funny last name. No lazisms here, but um, thought we'd point that out. He is the lead guy in their running back. Another thing to note out of the Blue Raiders locker room on offense, they have three offensive linemen coming in at 290 pounds or less. That includes right tackle Lance Robinson, but he only weighs 275 pounds. For an offensive line in college football, that is uh, that's not that big. Not yeah, not gr- not not great. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how our defensive line handles these guys. I'm I'm really excited to watch it. Speaking of defense. 
Uh, Blue Raiders, their biggest defensive tackle is 289-pounder Jordan Branch. Fellow starter Zaylin Wood comes in about 30, 20-ish pounds lighter at 268. So not a lot of big guys on the defensive line either. Their biggest linebacker is DQ Thomas. He's 218 pounds. The Mike linebacker, Jonathan Butler, is 215. He's pretty much my size, a little bit heavier. And then they have three starting defensive backs under 190 pounds. This is a really, really small team, y'all. In terms of physicality, we just match up a lot better. We're way bigger. I think we're going to be way faster. We're going to be way stronger. I, I don't know. Middle Tennessee State could be in trouble. It might be a lot different than that 50 to 15 from last week in New Jersey. Keys to the game. They were brought to you by the hub, but I did the hub ad earlier because I liked how it rolled off the tub, tongue. But shout out to the hub again. Uh, but here are keys to the game. Patrick, talk to us about the offense. Offensively, this game plan is going to be a lot different than what we saw last week, um, knowing that they don't have a caliber quarterback like Sam Howell leading their offense that we're trying to keep off the field all game with the rushing attack here. We're going to honestly play our game. I, I could see a lot more passing uh, coming out of Brad Cornelson's office, excuse me, offense um, could see the ball getting distributed to a lot of uh, new faces as well. Um, but as far as keys to the game and improving week over week um, initially third down offense, uh, setting up third down so we're third and short rather than, you know, third and seven, third and eight, uh, because we did finish zero out of six on converting on third down to finish the North Carolina game last week. Uh, but also to trend with the threes here, third quarter scoring. Please score in the third quarter. Um, this offense historically does not score that many points in the third quarter. And, uh, you know, if we're up, if we're up big at halftime, we'd love to put them away. Uh, in that third quarter, hold your threes up, Grayson. The hope here is that the Hokies we strike early, strike fast, and strike a lot in the first half of the ball game. My, I, I think I speak for everyone when I say this: the goal is to have BB three and the vast majority of our starting offensive talent on the sideline by the middle to the end of the third quarter, because depth is an issue for the Hokies. I think that getting some of the younger guys a lot of reps in every facet of the game, offense, defense, special teams, it's paramount. Got to have it, uh, and I think we're going to do it. So, yeah, segueing I no to the – I have no interest in Jordan Williams playing football in the fourth quarter of this football game. Agreed. Or Norrell Pollard or no. uh, or Amari Barno. Like, absolutely not. No. Uh, speaking of defense, gentlemen, keys to the game on defense. Pat, Billy Ray. Pat, we'll start with you. Continue applying pressure to the quarterback. Um, last year, we got after Bailey Hockman, and that's why he struggled so much in Blacksburg. Um, you know, historically, over the over the last uh, seven days here now, if we continue to bring the pressure, we're gonna pressure. We're gonna have a very very good defense. Um, so apply pressure to Bailey Hockman. The offense actually is pretty balanced for Middle Tennessee State. Um, last week, they had 26 passing attempts and 33 rushing attempts. Um, but as far as just closing the gaps in the middle and then getting pressure on the quarterback, we should be able to force Bailey Hockman to make mistakes and uh, capitalize. Yeah. No, I, I think this game is a great opportunity to get Devin Hunter some reps. He didn't play too much against UNC. I'd love to see him out there kind of get some – win beneath his wings again. I also think this game acts as a prime opportunity to get some of the young defensive line talent like Josh Fuga, Stretch Carroll, Jalen Griffin, Eli Adams, and the newest defensive lineman in the locker room, C.J. McCray, some reps. Uh, bottom line is this, y'all. If I'm Foo coming out of the gate, I'm doing what we did last week. Now, granted, we lost the toss, but if I'm Foo and we win it, I like to receive the football here. I want to march down the field, score, hit him in the jaw, and keep the train rolling, be the first connecting jab in the boxing match. And I think if we do that, I mean, they're just we're we're a more physical football team. We are the better football team, and we'll 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 skate away. We should skate away very easy. And if they do score, in in they being the Blue Raiders here, uh, it'll be in the the third to fourth when our second and third string guys are in the ball game. Yeah, so I'm not going to talk as much about the 
on the field stuff as I am just kind of what would help this football team moving forward. And what that would be is getting, like you said, these young guys, some reps, um, as far as offensive line, I think Johnny Jordan, Terrell Smith, guys that played last week, but could still use some more in-game experience. Um, Wilford Penne, stretch Carroll. Uh, those are guys that, you know, given some injuries or given, you know, circumstances may need to contribute at defensive end. Daywan Lofton, Jaden Payute. I want to see these guys getting into the football game and getting their, uh, getting their feet wet. Um, so I would love the opportunity to go ahead and do that. And I think back, you know, some of these games that we played early in coach Fuente's career, uh, we had Boston college come to town. We wiped the floor with them. We had ECU come to town. Cam Phillips scored a hundred touchdowns. Um, you know, that kind of, you know, good football teams handle business in this situation. I think I can literally in Nick Saban's tenure at Alabama, I think he's been in a close game with a team like this one time. It was the Citadel uh, two or three years ago. Um, but this is a good, this is a good opportunity to work on some stuff, uh, get guys some, get guys some time and uh, hopefully get them off the field uh, in the first half or uh, early in the second. Yeah, I was about to say, just involving some of these young guys that we've heard about all throughout fall camp, see some redemption from Keyshawn King, see who can break out of the uh, the running backs room. Honestly, we'd love to just see us run the ball all day. Um, maybe some touches for Marco Lee and Taj Gary. See some Knox Kadem. Uh, that would be pleasant as well. Some Jalen Jones, some Lofton. Jaden Payute, hopefully he's uh, he's ready to go. I, I believe I saw him in the game on, on Friday night. Um, and then on the defensive side, you know, Guys like Dean Ferguson, some of the defensive linemen that Grayson mentioned earlier, um, would be exciting to see them make an impact, uh, hopefully early in the game. Something that would most certainly make me smile. I would. I, I think it's been a long time since we've housed a punt. I think Coach Shebest's boys are going to roll. I think we're going to block a punt. If nothing else, we will block a punt. I'd love to see that. I'd love to house a kick return. And I'd love to even, even maybe fake a punt. Because, you know, why not? You know, uh, I'll tell you why not. Because why would you give your look for your fake punt in a game against Middle Tennessee? Fair. But, you know, Coach <laughs> Fu, he's, he, he's, he's done some tricky stuff before. He's done some tricky stuff before. I think I we've hope done we're in no type of situation. I hope we don't punt at all. Is, is yeah, right. no, that'd be that that'd be that'd be fantastic. I, I agree with I agree with the ninety five percent of the stuff you just said, but I, <laughs> I, I we we should not fake a punt against. Let's get game. tricky. Let's get weird. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving straight along, score predictions. I'll start here. Uh, I think the Hokies win big, boys. I'm going forty five to ten. Listen, Bailey Hockman, he's a talented quarterback. You know, with the level of opponents that he plays week in and week out that are in Virginia Tech. No, uh, no offense. Uh, he threw three touchdowns last week in the season opener. Uh, I think we strike first. We'll strike fast. We're going to strike a lot. And they'll try and play catch up, like I said, in the third and the fourth. And at that point, it just it'll be too much too late. I have Virginia Tech winning this game 38 to 13. Uh, the spread on this game, the last I saw it was 19 and a half. Um, so with that, we would be covering uh, by a couple points there. Would love to see a defensive touchdown. Really holding out for a, for a defensive touchdown. You know, Amari Barno forced one last week. Taiwan Garbutt forced one last week. Give me, a, give me a fumble six. Braxton throws for two scores. Trey Turner finds the end zone. Those are my uh, predictions for this week. Billy Ray. 38-10. That is my prediction. I would love to score 50. I would love to score 50 points. Uh, we talked about will Virginia Tech get a 50 burger. Um, this middle Tennessee state was not ranked in the top 100 in basically any statistic last year. Um, they're a little bit better. Uh, the game is early in the season. And also they do have, regardless of how he performed against us, a starting ACC caliber quarterback um, at the helm. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, I think 38, 10 is, uh, that's going to be my prediction. So we'll move along here. Uh, as we move into letters from the lunch pail, we got to start things off with Grant Watson because Grant Watson has been submitting over unders. He's a big prop bet guy. Shout out to the locks of Saturday. Grant's been uh, firing it up. He had three for the North Carolina game. We're going to review that really quick. Billy Ray, take it away. 
Yeah, so we had Braxton Burmeister rushing yards. The over-under was set at 75. It was way under. 42 rushing yards for Braxton Burmeister. Um, Sam Howe, passing yards. 285, Sam Howe was under. Large part to our fantastic defensive backs and our front seven creating pressure. And then Amari Barno, shout out to our guy, Pat Finn, nailing this one on the head with the push. Pat Finn, well, well done. Uh, Amari Barno, one and a half sacks. So for Middle Tennessee State, Grant says non-offensive touchdowns, 0.5. I'm going to take the over. I I think we're going to get one. I agree. I think we get one. I'm going to zag you guys and say that we're not going to. It's fine. Thank you. Raheem Blackshear receptions, four and a half. I'm going to say under. Yeah, I think he gets three. Under, under. We got a lot of guys that need to see the football. I need to see Caleb Smith get the football. He did a lot of dirty work last week. Yeah. James Mitchell was only targeted three times last week. Um, need, need, maybe need, some, uh, need some more ball for Drake and Nick Gallo as well. Nick? Yeah, no, Nick no Gallo. doubt. Nick Gallo needs the ball, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to see our offense score a ton of points. Uh, Combined rushing good. yards for Virginia Tech, 265. I am going to take the over. I'm going to take the over as well. I think it makes sense to take the over in this game. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Steve Bryce with his letter from the lunch pail. What happens first in this game, defensive touchdown or blocked punt? Is anything less than a spread covering performance, a letdown for this team? First of all, we're really hoping for a a non-offensive touchdown, Steve. But as far as performing here to expectations, I mean – I think we need to cover the spread against against Middle Tennessee. Unless there's some backdoor cover, this is not a good football team, in my opinion. All three of us picked Tech to cover. Um, would love to see us really take it to them this weekend. Yeah, like I said, I'm not really seeing a, a defensive touchdown. Or as this is an interesting question, Steve. Um, no, no, I don't. You don't need to answer that part. Oh, okay. Like we, we we just talked about that ad nauseum. He's kind yeah. of just saying like, "Hey, what's going to happen?" It's it's like a rhetorical question. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess uh, Vegas sets the spread by accounting for how good one team is and how bad the other team is. Uh, I think we're going to cover the spread, but if we if we don't cover the spread by a point or two, I'm not going to you know freak out. Um, so I hope we win the football game by a lot of points. That's. I don't really no care. Sleep, no sleepwalking like uh, like Furman and like ODU in 2019. That's right. No, agreed. Both home games that were just, you know, three and a half hour stomach ache. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Patrick Lawrence, 19 passes from Braxton Burmeister, way below the expectation given comments about his passing game this offseason. Too early to tell. I disagree, Patrick. Um, the game plan last week was to keep the ball away from Sam Howell. If you asked me how many times I thought Braxton Burmeister would throw, I definitely thought there's no way it would be over 20, and I thought it would be closer to 15 than it would be to 19. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I still feel good about Braxton Burmeister. Like I mentioned, a couple of his – throws the Jaden uh the throw to Tavion Robinson and the throw to Trey Turner he obviously has the arm talent and has some other stuff to clean up um so maybe we'll see him throw it more I'm not really sure um but uh I I know that he has the arm talent one guy you're excited to see against Middle Tennessee State that did not play against North Carolina uh Jaden Payute I think was in on a couple of plays I'm excited to see him play a little bit more Daywan Lofton Jalen Jones uh, those are a couple of the names that come into my head from that. Uh, and Bradburn, Moore, La Follette, ha- highly ranked. Are we becoming punter you? Um, I think we've always had good special teams. Coach Sheepist, uh, if I'm not mistaken, won special teams coordinator of the year at, the, uh, at Ole Miss. Uh, shout out my pops. He went to Ole Miss. Um, but no, it's funny because uh, Moore is such a different punter than uh, Oscar Bradburn was. Um, but, uh, no, he's, he's awesome. I, I can't say enough positive things about him. Um, Brian Holbrook, a letter from the lunch pail. When can we expect the official return of Pat's get off my lawn rant? Also major missed opportunity on the last episode for sons of Sulvaki. I agree. That was a missed opportunity. You're completely right. Do, do you mean Suvlaki <laughs> as opposed to Sulvaki? Suvlaki. Suvlaki. Chipotle. 
So I think we didn't we say Sons of Subaki, Sons of Storm. I don't know. But uh, I guess we'll have to go back next weekend. Uh, the the get off my lawn rant. We kind of did one, didn't we? Yeah, we, we kind of touched did. on I think, the. I think yeah. we did. I think it was a little uh, mild. It was a little nuanced. Was a little nuanced. We all kind of went around and, uh, you know, pow out about the experience and, and what we wanted to see improve. But I think, uh, Brian, if there's anything that we can pull from this Middle Tennessee State game, I will come to the table on Sunday the 12th with a Pat's get off my land, get off my lawn rant of the week. Can I say one last thing? Um, I'm just going to do it anyway. Uh, One thing to keep in mind with these FCS opponents um, and middle Tennessee is a good example of one is sometimes and Hawkman's the first and biggest example with the transfer portal. You're going to see a lot of talented guys that may have been at other schools, former four stars, five stars, even uh, playing at these smaller schools. Um, so talent is being redistributed at a level that it probably hasn't been in the past ever. Um, so that's just one thing to keep in mind as you watch some of these FCS opponent and FCFs matchups, look at Malik Willis from Liberty last year. Uh, he was a guy that was at Auburn bursted onto the scene. And now a lot of people have him as a top five quarterback in college football. Um, so that's just one thing to keep in mind when you go into these FCS games, it's not always, Oh, everybody on this roster wasn't good enough to play division one football. There are going to be some guys on that roster that were, and may have transferred in or the, the typical falls under the radar type guy. So keep an eye out for that. So we got two more things coming. Stay tuned, stay with us. We are doing a Instagram announcement for all the students who submitted content to our Instagram page for the free tickets that we are giving out here uh, for the middle Tennessee state game. So we're going to do Sharky shout outs. Then we're going to do the Instagram shout outs. We're going to make it fun. I promise. But uh, Sharky shout outs, cleaning up some section five shout outs. I know I forgot some folks, including my own parents. They gave me a very hard time about it. Um, but shout out to everyone in section five, shout out to the Cranums as well. Griff dog, uh, Dave, Carol, Doug, Molly and Trey, Julia, Dr. J, Nick Mayhew, Colin McGuire, and the Carl Mitchell family are great people up there in Section 5. Shout out to Matthew Bellamy uh, telling us on Twitter that we should replace Packer and Durham. Uh, That was hilarious. And what was even more hilarious was both Wes Durham and Mark Packer uh, kind of snapping back at, uh, at our Hokie friend. Never a dull moment in Hokie Twitter. Uh, shout out to Derek Peter, childhood hero in the Hall of Fame. Welcome to Cooperstown, the captain. And then uh, to continue the New Jersey, New York love, shout out to all those affected 20 years ago uh, on Saturday, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Uh, had a very large impact uh, with you know my life, Billy Ray's life, knowing a lot of people who were involved up there um, who didn't make it out of the tower that day. So want to give a shout out to those folks. Uh, we're thinking about you and we love you. Uh, yeah, I personally forgot a shout out this, uh, this past Sunday as well, Pat. I wanted to give a special thanks to Daniel Sabatino for putting me in the inner Sandman entrance video that we'll play at every game this fall. Uh, shout out to OxVT because you, you asked me on Twitter, how did that happen? There's your answer, Ox. Shout out Daniel Sabatino who's working down for the Atlanta Falcons now. Also want to shout out to my mom. I am back in Los Angeles now. My mom did all of my laundry before I I packed up yesterday and I packed so many clothes to go home for the month of August. So mom, you're saving my life today that I do not have to do laundry. Your baby boy loves you and misses you and appreciates you. Uh, Also Saturday will be my first day out at O'Brien's in Santa Monica for the Virginia tech and TSU watch party. So I hope to see every Los Angeles based Hokie there. Cannot wait. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, I'm going to be watching the game at Bubs in, uh, in Pacific beach. Uh, looking forward to that. I have not been yet um, for a game. I have been to Bubs, but I have not been for a football game yet. Um, hope to see every buddy that's not at O'Brien's at Bubs. Um, so fired up for that. Uh, I want to thank everybody that has tuned in to the sons of Saturday over the last Pat, I always screw this up like year plus. I always say two years. It's it's like a, it's like a year and some change. It's like it's like 23 and a half months, 23 yeah. and a half months. Um, 23 and a half degrees is what the uh, the earth spins on Earth's Earth's axis. 
I did not know that. That's the Del Barton difference. Um, so I want to just shout out everybody that uh, that has listened and everybody that supported us on the way. We hit 300,000 downloads here um, today, which is a, a really, really cool milestone. Um, the post-game review for the UNC game was the most listened to one that we've had yet. Um, we appreciate being a part of your lives, appreciate being a part of your routine and appreciate running into you in campus. Um, so thank you guys so much. It's really, really cool. Um, I also want to shout out. So last night, Packy Naughton started in San Diego, uh, linked up with Malcolm and Boomer and Jared. And, um, it was awesome. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, Packy went five innings, gave up two hits, no runs, five strikeouts, I'm so proud of this kid. John, uh, his coach, Joe Madden, after the game, quote, I like him. We all like him. He has, he has great makeup. He walked right out there and he started throwing strikes. He used all his pitches. And that performance is not an anomaly. Not an anomaly. It's not an anomaly. He's like that. That's who he is. So shout out to Packy, man. That was awesome. I love to see that. Love, love, love to see that. Um, and yeah, those, that concludes my shout outs. And then Pat, you were the ringleader of this. We got a heck of a lot of tickets to give away for middle Tennessee. And we asked for folks to send in their Instagram content. Who are our winners? Guys. So if you've made it this far, you're probably wondering if you won a free ticket to the game on Saturday, we originally said we had eight tickets available. I think we actually have Closer to 13 or 14 now. So I'm going to list off some Instagram handles. I'm going to tell you why you won. Our first shout out goes to Lauren McClasky. Lauren had a hilarious post. One, her and her friends were wearing like overalls in the North End Zone and they were eating spaghetti. They sent us in a video of them eating spaghetti in the North End Zone out of a Ziploc bag. It's a little weird. Yes. Is it absolutely awesome? And we're going to put it on the timeline. Absolutely. They also sent us a UNC report card and it was like, as I pull it up, as I pull it up, here we go. It says <laughs> UNC transcript intro to football D napping 101 B pre pre algebra C minus coloring B plus stopping Braxton Burmeister F fantastic work from Lauren and her friend. Love to see it. Repping the 757 as well um, to shout out to Lauren. Um, underscore Jana Dix. Couldn't be at the game this past weekend, but sent us in pictures from all over campus. She said, uh, I couldn't be there, but here are my favorite pictures from Virginia Tech. Dug in the archives. I'm sure some of them were from the uh, the old, the old uh, iPhone. Some of them are from Google, but great stuff there. Love the effort. Uh, Jay Bakes. Jay Bakes sent us a funny picture of her stashing a white claw, uh, sneaking it into the stadium. You know, love the creativity there. Jay Bakes, you're getting a ticket. H. Eaton, the cowboy fellas. They got this guy rocking a cowboy hat. Great group pick. All rocking the orange effect shirt. Uh, you are getting one, my friend. Z. Tosman had a hilarious picture with Foo. Or no, there, there were two guys with awesome pictures with the Foo, but had a great picture with Foo, sending some incredible Lane Stadium sunset picks. Bocce King had a great one. One of my favorite ones in North End Zone. It's him doing the Heisman pose. And it says, Sam Howell for Heisman. LOL. Never heard of her. That's pretty funny. Great pick. Bocce King. Cam McCabral put out some sweet picks. Rocking the Sons of Saturday. Beat Carolina Pins. Jordan Zangari uh, had some great group pictures from the event, including some with some of the uh, the dugout DJs. Love so it. Jordan. Emily Summers sent us in a great picture of the pom poms in the north end zone. It looked like it it needed to be on a uh, on like a Virginia Tech marketing poster. Uh, fantastic work from Emily. Wood P underscore this picture. I've never laughed so hard in my entire life. It's him, and it's just a selfie with Coach Fu, and he's got this, like, massive orange wig on, and it is just <laughs> the funniest picture. Shout out to Wood P. Uh, you, my friend, get a ticket to the next game. Lucas Miller. Maybe leave the wig at home. Maybe. 
next game is white is the whiteout effect. So maybe it'll be like a Santa Claus wig <laughs> or a Santa Claus beard. Sky like brought put in some serious effort to this uh, to this contribution. Sky, we are we are hooking you up with a ticket. Chucky McBuckets sent us in some of the best Lane Stadium sunset submissions we saw. Um, had some really good seats. We did see a lot. There were probably 30 or 40 Lane Stadium sunset submissions. So shout out to Chucky. Moving the needle. Standing out. And uh, looks like that is it. That is it for uh, for this go-around. There were probably 75 to 100 submissions. So just want to give a huge shout-out to everyone who, who jumped in, sent us in some of their fun content from the weekend. Know that you guys are going to collect a lot more fun content this next weekend. And if you have anything that, you know, you want us to post on the page from a tailgate or something funny that happens in the stadium, send it our way. We'd love to, uh, to highlight it. Like our friends eating the, uh, the Italian cuisine from the North end zone. Pat, happy travels to Blacksburg. Grayson excited, uh, for you hanging out in, uh, Oh, Oh, uh, Oh, Hokey O'Brien's. O'Brien's. and I'll be, uh, I'll be at Bubs, but Let's beat Middle Tennessee. Let's handle business. And I hope everybody has a great rest of their week. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Dude.